candy ass? Put your damn feelings down. Let's laugh and drink all damn shows. Dude, in a gun room is in the house. Get ready. Get your drinks. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get started, everybody. Here we go. Good. Morning, everyone. Hey, welcome to Two Drunk Dudes in a Gun Room. Uh, unfortunately, uh, today it's one drunk dude. Uh, Doug is on vacation enjoying his life in Puerto Rico. Lucky bastard. Anyways, um, today we're going to discuss something, man, that is uh, very sensitive to myself. Um, Something that, you know, I really didn't talk about a whole lot in my past. And, and just recently, I've, I've started uh, bringing it up. Um, I'm releasing this video on, on this day for a, uh, a particular reason. Um, if you'll notice, when you watch the video, you'll notice that there's an empty chair next to me and uh, two beers. Um, so today we're going to talk about some brothers of mine that didn't make it back. Um, we're going to kind of dedicate this uh, this episode to uh, them. Um, you know, June 28th, 2005 was a uh, a day that I will I will never forget. Um, I had just returned about two weeks from uh, Afghanistan. Uh, you probably all heard Doug talk about I was special, yada, yada, yada. And uh, what we what he's talking about is the unit that I was in. So I served 10 years in the uh, 160th uh, Special Ops Aviation Regiment, uh, SOAR. They're known as the uh, Night Stalkers. And... Uh, it was the best and the worst 10 years of my military career. Um, so on this day, I had just recently gotten back to work. Um, just returned back about, like I said, about two weeks ago from the uh, deployment. And uh, I don't know, it was right around nine o'clock in the morning the word had kind of spread that uh, we lost an aircraft and uh, it turned out to be a uh, QRF mission for some seals that were pinned down. Um, they were doing a uh, observation mission and uh, they got compromised and they sent several aircraft, but, Mainly what we're going to talk about today is Turbine 33. And uh, on that aircraft was uh, 16 service members, eight SEALs, eight Night Stalkers. And uh, 
as they were trying to infill those eight seals to assist the uh, five that were on the ground. Um, they, uh, they took fire and uh, did not make it. They, uh, they got hit with, uh, some people say it was a rocket. Some say it was, it was an RPG. At the end of the day, it, it came in through the uh, back ramp that was down as they were, they were on their approach and, uh, took out the drive shaft, you know, and, uh, causing the aircraft to explode. Um, we got that word, um, at that time, we really didn't have any details. Uh, they weren't releasing any details, but it, it wasn't long after that, uh, the, the members knew that there was no survivors. On this day is a day that I will never forget. Major Reich was the uh, forward battalion commander. And I still remember as I was rotating back, um, like I said, we do usually about three month rotations. And uh, it was it was my turn to come home. Our replacements had got there, and uh, Major Reich was uh, going to be the uh, forward commander as the battalion commander was was returning back stateside. And uh, the night before our flight to return, uh, <laughs> Major Reich uh, gathered up a bunch of uh, crew chiefs and uh, other soldiers, and uh, they. Uh, they captured the battalion commander and uh, taped him out there by the flagpole. It was funny. Major Reich all thought, you know, hey, we just got to avoid the battalion commander for a few more hours. His flight will come in. He'll be gone. And, and we, we got him. Ha, ha, ha. Well, we, uh, I still remember we, we, uh, we took a, a sandstorm that night and the, uh, the flights got canceled uh, coming in because of, uh, visibility. So <laughs> we stayed another night and, uh, throughout that day and that night, the battalion commander slowly got each of the uh, crew chiefs back. And, uh, he did not, <laughs> he did not go after major Reich. You know, major Reich was trying to dodge him and hide. And he never, he never went after major Reich, but he slowly, viciously got back each of the crew chiefs for what they did um anybody that knew um lieutenant colonel tierney this man did not play <laughs> he wanted to be the best of the best every day and if you got the best of him he would die trying to return the favor uh he was an amazing colonel and uh he uh he didn't go after um, Hedger right there. So we returned back. We got on the flight. All the uh, He was square with all the crew chiefs, but Major Reich, you know, he kind of thought he got away with it. But he had to have a little bit of uncertainty on what was coming. So when we got back, um, I don't know, a day or two after returning, Colonel Tierney uh, told uh, the guys down in the motor pool he, he wanted us to put his uh, Jeep up on uh, blocks and pull his tires off of his Jeep. And uh, he then uh, proceeded to TP the, the Jeep 
and left it in front of the uh, battalion headquarters. Now, anybody that knew Major Wright knew he was he was proud of his Jeep. Um, that vehicle definitely suited him. You know, the uh, the few weeks that I served with him over there, I, I you you would just see it. Um, it, it it goes together. It made sense after I seen what he drove. Anyways, uh, um, he uh, then uh, mailed his uh, Jeep tires <laughs> back to him <laughs> with a picture of his Jeep. You know, uh, it was it was uh, pretty hilarious at the time. You know, and and nobody knew what was coming in a few days later. You know. Um, so we got the word that, that what had happened, um, we got the word that there was no survivors and, uh, we instantly started preparing for, uh, the funerals. Um, you know, I think for a lot of us, this was when reality really sat in on how dangerous our missions and, and what we did over there was. And, uh, you know, on that day, a lot of fathers, husbands, kids died. And uh, when you uh, have to do the things to honor and prepare for the family members, your fallen comrades, it's uh it's really tough so you know as we were training and and preparing for the funerals um we uh we basically had two teams set up there was a a few of them that uh the family members chose to have their uh their remains buried in Arlington and uh there was several that wanted to do the uh the funerals in their hometowns and uh we put together a uh two teams to uh go to these hometowns and and conduct the uh the military honors for uh these members and during this time i remember Sergeant First Class Morales' wife um, was moving. And I remember going over with a few other soldiers to help her get the uh, things out of her house that she needed moved, um, mainly the uh, the heavier stuff. And I remember seeing his, his children, and I couldn't help but to think that someday this could be my family. It brought back a, a lot of mixed emotions with uh, the deployments. Um, it brought back fear that I really didn't like. It also uh, brought together a lot of sadness, knowing that these, uh, these kids are going to grow up without a father. A great father at that.
there's not a there's not a day that goes by that these men are not missed. You know, I remember a lot of deployments sitting with uh, Southern First Class Morales. He was a, a medic. And, uh, man, <laughs> you know, when you talk to him, he had the kindest voice. And uh, you would never know that he served in a Ranger Battalion. The one sixty. I mean, he knew more about medicine than uh, most doctors, you know. And uh, him and another medic uh, named Chris Marshall. Man, between those two, you never needed to see a doctor. They were uh, they were true professionals. You know, he, uh, I have no doubt in my mind that uh, Sergeant First Class Morales would have went on to be a, definitely a first aunt, but uh, a Sergeant Major someday. The man was amazing. You know, I just, I just remember getting that news and uh, man, it didn't make sense. You know, how many things would have to go wrong for uh, something like this to happen? I mean, at that time, my confidence was literally, we was all the, the military needed to win any war. And this could never happen. It's impossible. But it did. You know, there was a, uh, I knew most of the guys on the flight that were with uh, the 160th, but uh, I really knew Kip, Jacoby, some first class Morales and uh, Major Wright. I got to know him. <laughs> during that deployment. Kip was uh, young. You know, he was E4 promotable at the time and, and he used to come down to the motor pool and we'd sit there and talk, usually at night. You know, I, I tried to, uh, would stay late at night to uh, kind of hit both shifts. You know, the 160th literally had two different, uh, you know, the support elements, most of them work days and the uh, most missions happened at night. And uh, I would stay down by the motor pool just in case they needed something. And uh, 
Kip, you know, on nights that he wouldn't fly him and a few other guys would come down and, uh, you know, just shoot the shit down by the motor pole. And I'd sit out with him and, and we'd, you know, talk young soldier shit and, uh, mostly about cars and, and stuff. Kip, Kip was, uh, was building a car, um, with his fiance. Uh, he, uh, had it in the garage. It was all tore apart. Him and his, uh, fiance was doing it together. And, uh, it was a, a project that they both could get behind. And he was planning on marriage and his future. And, you know, at that time, nobody, nobody ever thought this would happen. I mean, you know, they, they say it's in the back of your mind, but, but realistically, these guys got on their, uh, on their birds and they conducted missions that you would not believe were even possible. You know, the stories that, that they could tell you was like fantasy land shit. And, uh, they went out there and conducted these missions day in day out and brought everybody back, but not on June 28th, 2005. I don't know if it was just bad luck, mistakes made, but that day, things went very bad. These guys will be missed. never forgotten and never undervalued the impact that they made on people, their families, and this country needs to be remembered. I want everybody to, uh, if you know a vet, thank them. Understand that the, uh, the things that go through their head is tough. Most of us don't share on a daily basis with our family, even our friends. The things that go through their mind.
you know, in the uh, Night Stalkers, and I'm going to end this podcast here. We have a creed. And I know the Army has a creed. NCOs have a creed. And uh, to this day, I have tried to live my life by the Night Stalker Creed because it means a lot to me. And I think it uh, truly empowers the soldier spirit. There's a line in in the uh, creed that says, I go with the memory of those who went before me, for they loved to fight, fought to win, and would rather die than quit. Night stalkers don't quit. And it is a true statement. To all the vets that have lost somebody out there. I understand. I pray that you find peace. To the family members that have lost somebody, I hope you know that without a doubt, I can almost guarantee that service member was doing what he loved. Because I know the 16 men on that aircraft died doing what they loved for a country that they loved. You guys take care. Be safe.